This is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you listening to us tonight. I am Stephanie. I am Brett. And this is Michelle. Yes, indeed. And if you're a regular listener to Free Talk Live, you're probably recognizing Michelle's voice because she is the normal Free Talk Live Friday night co-host, but my voice is probably going to sound a little bit different to you because I am actually filling in for Ian and Mark tonight, and uh, Brett has also graciously come into this studio to help fill in. Ian and Mark are actually away on business. They're at the the Talkers New Media Seminar, and they're doing some business development, I guess, for Free Talk Live. And, you know, I, I really wanted to just, before we forget, congratulate them because I know that they've had uh, a major milestone in their number of affiliates recently. Now 101, I believe, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. lucky number 101. And so they're they're being heard by more people. Their ideas are getting out and the show continues to get better and better. I've been listening to Free Talk Live for over six years now and it's always been improving and getting more interesting and better and better. So hopefully we'll do a good job entertaining you all tonight. And of course, you can always go to freetalklive.com to check us out and see more of what we're all about. And go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch us live in the studio doing what we do. And welcome to the show for any new listeners. So I think, uh, lady and gentlemen, that we're going to start off with maybe some articles tonight. We had a lot to talk about, including uh, one law for us, one for you. We'll see what that's all about. Uh, a possible story about cracking down on some youth thrill-seeking. Uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, of course, is coming up fast. But you can also bring up whatever's on your mind if you make the call. Our number is 1-800-259-9231. That is, of course, the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can call and bring up whatever's on your mind tonight. So um, let's jump right into this article. We have the California legislature passing one law for them and uh, another one for everyone else, all those other measly peons that are just <laughs> existing. They're eking out their meager existence. They're not subject to the same laws uh, that the politicians are. This is pretty flagrant, too, this one. Yeah, absolutely. And Brett, did you want to read that or do you want me to read it? Sure, I can read it. Yeah. Uh, It is an editorial, we should point that out first, from the Washington Times, One Law for Us, Another for You. The subtitle is California's Legislative Hypocrisy, a Failure of Democracy. Now, what do you think about democracy before we jump into this article? I'm not pro-democracy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that word has um, been hijacked by politicians and, you know, it sounds good to people because it makes them think that the common, you know, man makes them think that they have a say so in what's going on. We don't have a democratic gov- gov- uh, government here in the United States, but rather a representational one. And democracy is essentially mob rule. And so if what that typically could mean is that if we all vote that, you know, redheads are uh, ought to be burned at the stake and, and more people vote for, for that than against, then that is somehow just, that is somehow moral and it's definitely legal. Sure. And so I am not pro-democracy in the fact that the United States government has gone and and uh, and in the attempt to spread democracy in, in what mm. is you know mostly the Arab world. Yeah, that's another bad know, justification. Yes, it has been used to justify war and uh, the uh, murder of, of uh, a million people. Yep, I agree. You said that very well, Michelle. And I think that um, people may hear us say, well, we're not pro-democracy and think, well, what are you for, a monarchy or something? (laughs) No, I think all three of us sitting here on this show probably would say maybe that we espouse self-government, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Of course, that it's also unrealistic that you could expect 300 million people to be subject to the same sets of rules and strictures, regulations, otherwise. And I think democracy is not just undesirable for all the reasons that Michelle mentioned, but it's also dangerous because Mm -hmm. then you get little slogans like, you are the government. (laughs) <laughs> right. So so Yeah, and if the, you don't vote, you can't complain, right? right? So, but the violence <laughs> of the state is personalized, which I think when people see themselves as the government when they connect themselves to that entity, when people are critical of the government, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. their chosen policies or actions, they become very defensive and That's indignant. A good point. Mm-hmm. And they because they feel often like they're being attacked personally, because they use words like we for groups of which they are not a part, it's defensive and it becomes emotional. And if you want people to not be able to think about something very clearly, you get them to not think about it logically and to think about it emotionally. And that's how people think about their country, because they have this idea that they are the government. Mm -hmm. And of course, they've been told that from a very young age. And we should mention maybe before we get into this article that Brett has a podcast called the School Sucks Podcast and Mm -hmm. a website, schoolsucksproject.com, right? Yep. And uh, he spends a lot of time talking about the nature of government-run education, which is what most people know as so-called public schools, right, Right. Brett? Yeah. And if you want people to believe this kind of stuff, you got to get them when they're very young, like the cigarette companies do. Yeah, I think that's a good intro. So why don't we jump into this article? Sure. Uh, we got a byline here? I don't see an author. Uh, well, they like to sign these things by the editorial board. I, I don't see an author oh, there either. Perfect. What a way <laughs> to remove accountability. Yeah. Um, the, the AP does that a lot, too. But yeah. anyway, here's the article. The California State Senate voted 28 to 8 Wednesday to exempt itself from the pointless gun control laws that apply to the rest of the populace. Legislators apparently think they alone are worthy to pack heat on the streets for personal protection, and the masses ought to wait until the police arrive. Hmm. (laughs) Well, this sounds kind of familiar already, because I know that in the federal government, there are the politicians exempt themselves from the health care regulations that apply to the rest of the population as well. As well as the TSA Mm -hmm. uh, pat downs and, and scanner screens. I mean, which everyone can identify with that. Oh, yeah. Whether you're pro-gun or, I mean, you know, people come out and say that they're pro-gun or, or not. But I think that it's pretty unanimous that um, people aren't interested in, in being accosted as to, in order to travel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm certainly not interested in that. I want to keep my bodily integrity the way it is. <laughs> I think this also shows, like, the real divide in our society that people should be concerned with. I mean, we, we have so much of yes. these... Um, Setups by politicians in the media, you know, stoking uh, vitriol and aggression and bad feeling like, hey, you're black and you're white. You should fight. You're gay and you're, you're straight. You're a Democrat should, and you're yeah, a Republican. That's, the, you of course, should the fight. biggest one. Well, you guys should be fighting. Right, not left, paying. Christian, not. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. shouldn't be focusing on who the real common enemy that you all have is. You should be <laughs> fighting with each other and never notice that. And so, of course, that common enemy, I guess you could say, is the people who really want to control your life. I mean, it's really the authoritarians, I think. The state. Yes. And it's kind of ironic that this this is about uh, actual guns, because I think the way that we tend to divide society, in, in, in my opinion, it's the most important way. Uh, which side of the gun are you on? Yes. Are you one of the people that's found a way to be on the trigger side of the gun? Or are you one of the much larger group of people that has the you know, an unfortunate situation of being on the barrel side of the gun. Absolutely. And, you know, are you uh, subject to aggression or are you benefiting from aggression? 
And when you say the gun, I think uh, people may hear this for the first time and maybe not fully understand the metaphor that you're making, which is it's the gun in the room. It's the threat of violence that is implicit in Mm. everything that government does. If you don't pay a parking ticket, you know, maybe you'll get a nasty letter first, but eventually, you know, someone will try to take you uh, to jail and take your property or take your property Mm -hmm. away from you. Right. Which you have justly acquired. And that's force. That's aggression. Or at least it's a threat of force. And usually people don't let it come to actual force because they comply uh, sometimes reluctantly with whatever the order happens to be. So when you talk about the, the gun in the room, you're talking about the the implicit threat of force yeah. that backs up everything that government is able to do. And another thing that I've tried, and you can, you know, people can try this if they like, is I like to do a little thought experiment when people talk about laws or policies or, you know, the healthcare thing, they want to see that come to fruition, whatever, public option or mm. socialized medicine. Oh boy. And I say, all right, let's do a little thought experiment. We'll call it skip to the gun. <laughs> skip to the part where somebody is pointing a gun at me. Wow. You know? So, so uh, that's like, if I do not want it, what happens? And then what happens? And then what happens? And like, how many steps between this uh, seemingly benevolent, helpful thing that you support and somebody pointing a gun at me or throwing me in a cage? Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I guess we spent so much time yammering that we didn't even get into the article, but we will certainly have more of that coming up. One law for us, another for you. Let us know what you think about that. It's Free Talk Live. Call us 1-800-259-9231. We'll be back with more. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Free Talk Live. We certainly do appreciate you listening tonight. I am your host, Stephanie. And I am Brett. Michelle. Yes, indeed. And the three of us are filling in for Ian and Mark. We want to thank them so much for inviting us to fill in for them as they go to the Talkers New Media Seminar and make some new contacts, promote Free Talk Live. And Mark is also giving a speech, I believe. (laughs) And of course, you can always get news about Free Talk Live, which is our show, by going to news.freetalklive.com. Join the email list, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and get the freshest updates about the show. And as a smoker, you know that traditional cigarettes are unhealthy and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul lingering odors and no smoke. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale water vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Use coupon code FTL for an additional 5% off at VaporStation.com. So, Brett, we were actually reading, uh, you were actually reading an article called One Law for Us, Another for You. And doesn't that just sum up the attitude of most politicians around the world, really, but especially here in the U.S. where we live? They think that they're 
not subject to the same laws that they want to pass over everyone else. Right. There are yeah. leaders. At yeah. least they're admitting it, though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was pretty blatant. And I mean, really, what are people going to do about this? Um, basically, what they've done is the California State Senate has voted to exempt themselves from the gun control laws that apply to the rest of the populace. And we were reading an article about this from the Washington Times, which is an editorial kind of, uh, I guess, complaining about this a little bit. And yeah, at least they're getting the word out about what's going on. But I think people are kind of just going to say, eh, that's okay. They should be able to carry guns. You know, they're trusted leaders. They're important. Yeah. And us little people should be uh, kept safe from each other (laughs) by being disarmed, which is... I find some flaws in that thinking. <laughs> Are they using um, Congresswoman Gifford's uh, shooting as part of the justification for this? When I when no. that story happened, I was concerned about that, that they were going to step up, not just really step up security for politicians, but kind of do the crackdown on ordinary people right. and the crackdown on guns as a result of that, that they were going to use their typical scare tactics to uh, at least in what state was that new mexico or arizona 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 so Mm -hmm. to to strengthen the gun restrictions there as well but Mm -hmm. i don't i haven't followed that so Mm -hmm. i don't know actually i think in arizona they recently had uh, a constitutional carry i believe which is that you can carry a gun concealed without a license Mm -hmm. um as far as i know i might be mistaken on that but that's what i understand but um yeah, this is California, and I, I don't see in this article any mention of Congresswoman Gifford's um, shooting. But I don't know. Let's see what crazy justifications they come up with. Brett, can you read the rest of the article? Sure. This is one of many bills Golden State politicians use this legislative session to set themselves apart from the little people, the ones who pay their inflated salaries. Annual compensation for legislators averages about $140,000. Wow. That's, you know, um, <laughs> there's still politicians here in New Hampshire and they're still trying to control people's lives and still brandishing their authoritarianism and the proverbial gun in the room over everyone. But they only get paid $100 a year here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas in Which California. Which is the same that they were paid, what, over 100 years ago or something like that. They maintained the same salary. Yep, I believe so. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it just shows the difference between a place like New Hampshire where there's a little bit more of the kind of live for your die spirit. A lot more. I've lived in California <laughs> and here now, and I can vouch. Oh, that's right. Yes, I'm from California. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely. And, and, you know, to give you an idea of just kind of the mindset in people uh, for people in California, um, when my kids and I moved from San Diego to uh, Lake Tahoe, um, I basically gave my boys a motorcycle and a gun and a set of skis and said, here, go play. There are the woods, mm-hmm. you know, go be Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. And, and, um, did they know how to shoot at that point? Well, yeah. Okay. yeah. You didn't just give them a gun <laughs> no, for the first no, no, time no, no. and turn them loose. I didn't just give them a motorcycle or a set of skis <laughs> no. either. They were coached and all that. But, gotcha. um, about a year later, I had a really good friend of mine come up from San Diego and she brought two of her three daughters with her and, um, we were going to have this nice skiing adventure and, and, um, somehow the, the, conversation came up about the boys you know had gone hunting or something with a friend of ours and um she said well do they have guns i said well yes they have guns how are they supposed to hunt yes bow and arrow (laughs) so she insisted that i have the guns removed from the house before she stayed at our home and i said well the ammunition is locked in my safe i'm the only one that has a combination and Mm -hmm. the key 
and the guns are also locked. And she said, I don't care. Those guns can kill people. I said, well, what are you suggesting that they're going to hit someone over the head with them? Yeah. You know, yeah. but it, it's completely irrational. And this is a very educated woman who was from Iran and was present during the Shah's, you know, uh, departure and, and yeah. all that. So good gun control policy, by the way, <laughs> the Shah. <laughs> Why? What did? What was his policy? Well, it was a police state, so uh, people didn't have guns. And right. That's how you get a police. But the government state. had guns, of yes. course. Of course, yeah, oh, they need course. them. For so the it was just state. completely irrational, and you know, in that was the ambiance yeah. that has allowed for this uh, legislative piece of of is it a bill that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think I can almost empathize with that person because I think she's. It sounds like she's afraid, right? She's probably never shot a gun before and doesn't know that it's possible to be extremely safe and careful with it. And if you practice good etiquette, you can make sure that other people around you feel comfortable with you carrying a firearm. Yes. And so maybe she had never experienced that and was just coming from kind of a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I meet people like that, I I guess I try to reassure them and say. You know, um, I will never point this in a in a direction that's unsafe. I will, you know, mm-hmm. keep the safety on and and whatever. You know. Yes. You know, I wonder too if this fear has something to do with uh, perceptions that are created by the entertainment media. I think that's probably true. Because if you think about who we see mm-hmm. in film and television using guns, they are the mafia, gangs, <laughs> cops, and soldiers, and right. those people like to shoot and kill people. So they guns do. look if we in the hands of cops, soldiers, and organized criminals, guns look pretty violent. They don't look like defensive tools. They look like tools of aggression. Sure. I, I remember one time I went on a vacation to Mexico and it was kind of a rural part of Mexico, a little bit out of the way, not so touristy. And I was on the beach one day and all of a sudden um three police came marching down the beach in their jack boots carrying fully automatic weapons. Mm. And when I saw them I didn't feel safer. I felt threatened. I felt endangered. And I was scared of what they were going to do or why they were even on the beach with machine guns. It didn't make sense to me. So, and of course, in Mexico, there's horrible violence, um, probably mostly due to the U.S.'s war on drugs that they're kind of bringing over there, uh, trying to stop drug tr- the drug trade from happening. So, yeah, I guess the point is... Or not have competitors. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say that too. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to know what you think of this. So you should give us a call one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll probably get into the rest of this article when we return, but we've already talked about it enough. Coming up, a psychic tip leads to a frantic search, but nothing turns up. This is Free Talk Live. You can give us a call one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and we'll be back with more coming up. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Michelle. <laughs> yes, indeed. And thank you two so much for joining me in the studio. We've been having a great time thank so far. Thank you for sitting in for Ian. That's awesome. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I'm so glad. I was always so excited when um, Ian asks me to host the show when he goes to the talk radio conventions. And hopefully we'll, we will meet his expectations and provide an entertaining show for everybody listening. Well, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the last couple of weeks, Mark and Ian, Mark teased me a little bit because... Uh, when he and Ian start going at it, you mm-hmm. know, I kind of cringe and freeze up a little bit. But I mean, when you're sitting in the middle of two men and, and you got Mark getting really irate and he's got this vein and I, I said, heard to about the right, vein. Yeah, yeah. It, it starts pulsing in the side of his head and in his neck <laughs> and it's very, um, <clears throat> I don't know, not intimidating is not the right word. Just that's a little scary. I can see that. <laughs> it's like the Incredible Hulk yes, is coming exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you if you want to get a little bit of a, an antidote to that, I guess you could go to shrine.freetalklive.com, which is the Shrine of Female Listeners. It's basically meant to honor the females who listen to Free Talk Live, and I think um, my picture is posted on there with the She Talk Live crew. Yes. Which is um, the Free Talk Live Sunday edition that I host once a month with uh, Carla. Gerke, who's the president of the Free State Project, which we may talk about a little bit later, and another rotating third co-host. So mm-hmm. you can always check out all the archives, freetalklive.com. And have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have an attorney. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you are fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in criminal or civil matters in state or federal federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy that the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters, use the free legal dictionary, watch the free videos, and then buy the course. Jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the pull-down menu where you check out to let them know that you heard about it from Free Talk Live, which is our show, Jurisdictionary.com. So last segment, I guess we were discussing an article called One Law for Us, Another for You, and we I think we hit most of the highlights of it. We were very chatty, which I always enjoy. And by the we way... We discussed the principles... Yes, I think, I think that we were... Which are were, universal. Yes, absolutely, yeah. That's what I like about news stories is that they kind of give you an in to talk about these very important mm-hmm. principles. And, you know, Henry David Thoreau was the one who said, for everybody who's hacking at the branches, for every thousand people who are hacking at the branches, there's one striking at the root. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to try to be root striking whenever possible and get to the heart of the matter and talk about the most important things. And in this case, with this article where politicians have voted to exempt themselves from a law that applies to everyone else and has a pretty significant impact on their lives, Mm. I think we can all agree that the root is that government uses force to accomplish what it does. And they, they do think they're exempt because really there's, there's nothing that people can do about their power (laughs) and their aggression. And you know, when you think about, you know, these, so they're able to have guns legally, Mm -hmm. um, whereas the general public is not, I, I cannot imagine people are not aware that even after um, someone leaves office, and if it's a high enough office, they continue to have Secret Service. Yes. Protect them to the tune of like $10,000 a month. 
Wow. I mean, it's yeah, it's very expensive. So you figure, depending on how many presidents, vice presidents, the wives, the children of, um, oh, yeah. uh, I'm not it's expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So how many of but not you people out there are are giving up the fruit of your labor in order for these other people who have exempt themselves from laws uh, that apply to you and your ability to legally protect yourself? Not only, you know, you're you're supporting this habit of theirs, <laughs> this bad habit of of. Uh... Well, it really is a class system. And as mm. Brett was saying during the first segment, it's, you know, politicians love to divide people with arbitrary things like mm. love to get them to fight over things like race or gender or, you know, privileges or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really, it's the people who are oppressing everyone versus everyone else and I think that the analogy of mm, government using people for tax livestock is extremely apt Mm -hmm. because there are just a few people, the farmers, and they basically skim taxes off the fruits of the labor of everyone else. Mm -hmm. And if the livestock think that they're free, they're much more productive. Yeah, I think people often don't realize that, you know, the typical left-right argument, which is just laden with logical fallacies where somebody on the right might be criticizing Obama and then the person on the left will say, oh, yeah, George Bush did this. And, you know, if you think that George Bush should be in jail for war crimes or if you drive around with George Bush and Dick Cheney bumper stickers all over your car with an American flag for an antenna, uh, George Bush views both of those people equally as tax livestock. Right. You know, regardless of whatever kind of emotion you're putting into the attack or defense of George Bush or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, you are uh, stupid livestock to them. And all those politicians that people so vociferously oppose when they're on one side of the political fence or the other, you know, they're all kind of palling around and doing initiatives together after they leave office anyway. I, I believe there was, you know, this partnership between Bill Clinton and George H.W. Uh, Bush. And, you know, it's it's always like that. They're they're on the same team. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, and some of their things were diplomacy matters or whatever, like feed the children of Africa or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I was uh, I studied philosophy in school um, hmm. before I left, and and um, I remember my philosophy mentor suggesting that I use my writing skills and that I write a book of about philosophy in my school of thought, et cetera. Oh wow! And the problem, though, is that it'd be the shortest book ever written. It would only <laughs> have one word, and that word would be no. And so my entire philosophy has been has been shrunk down to. Can I say no without the threat of force or violence against me? Mm-hmm. And if Can I can't, then out? I'm not free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people get all wrapped up in all these agendas and, but can I smoke pot or can I have sex with whoever I want or can I go to school or not go to school? Essentially, can you say no without the, you know, the threat of, of violence by the state being used against you? And if you can, then in that area, you're free. And if you cannot, then no, you are not free. Mm. So Michelle was uh, schooling the philosophy professors who hadn't heard of the non-aggression principle, right? <laughs> Actually, I was very um, well. We laughed about it. She um, she had she uh, taught a class on um, Hero, which was basically Anne Rand's uh, 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 some of her characters and things. So she is mm-hmm. a free market libertarian, and oh. she ended up being the uh, maybe the only person, but the first person invited by China to come over and teach free market principles back ten years ago. Huh. That's so yeah, I was I was very fortunate to have her as a mentor. Very interesting. So 
If you have thoughts on anything that we've said so far <laughs> or about the psychic who called the police and got them to <laughs> search for some alleged bodies that never mysteriously appeared, <laughs> you mm. can call us at 1-800-259-9231. And that is, of course, the SACL CAI toll-free line. <laughs> so, okay, let's jump into this next article. <laughs> this this made me laugh, but it's really not funny. It's really more sad. <laughs> Psychic tip on Texas mayhem leads to serious search, but no bodies. And this is from msnbc.com. And again, there's no author that I see. So unfortunately, we can't give anyone the credit. We always like to give, <laughs> give credit where credit's due, <laughs> unless it's it's not made clear. So anyway, ironically, this takes place in Liberty County, Texas. <laughs> a tip from a supposed psychic that dismembered bodies were on a rural property caused law enforcement officials to descend upon a Texas farmhouse Tuesday, but they found no bodies. Wow. Shocker. <laughs> mm. Liberty County Sheriff Captain Rex Evans said there was no evidence of foul play at the home. Liberty County judge blah, 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 told reporters at the scene about 8.15 p.m. that tips had come in Monday night and Tuesday morning from a supposed psychic of dismembered bodies on the property. McNair said an initial visit on Monday by Liberty County Sheriff's deputies found nothing amiss, but the psychic called back and said that the deputies looked in the wrong place. Oh. That's horrible. Yeah, this is um, pretty... Uh, I want to know what the remedy is for that farmer. Yeah, I don't think he'll get any restitution, sadly. Anyway, this is Free Talk Live. You can call us 1-800-259-9231. More about dead bodies and the psychic story when we return. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We are rocking out to the music <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Banging my head. <laughs> exactly. And I am Stephanie with you tonight. I'm Brett. And I'm Michelle. Yes, indeed. And we're doing a radio show. And of course, you can always go to archives.freetalklive.com to check out archives of the show going back to 2006. I highly recommend. It's a lot of material for your listening pleasure. You can always refer friends to that, too. Give them a dose of our show and let them find out what we're all about. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we were discussing an article about a psychic tip leading to a exhaustive search of someone's private property. Private property. <laughs> yeah, which... Let's be real. There's not really private property in this country. I mean, government taxes everybody on a yearly basis in the form of property taxes, at least here in New Hampshire and in most other places in the U.S., right? And the farmer couldn't say no. You cannot come on my property. Yep, absolutely. And you were just mentioning that, Michelle. That was a very important uh, thing to you about your personal philosophy. Yes. And yeah, I think that's an interesting test. Can I opt out? Can I say no right. without... without uh, and, and will that be an acceptable answer? <laughs> Without the threat of force or violence against me. But guys, Absolutely. if you do everything you're told, you can pretend you're free and you can pretend you own stuff. <laughs> well, 
And believe me, there have been times when I, if I were given the option to take a pill so I could be live in oblivion, I imagine that my life would be much easier and I would be a much happier, more soft-spoken, more gentle sort of woman. Um, it is. It's not been an easy road the last thirty years to, you know, be as you you know said, striking at the root mm-hmm. of um, of tyranny and aggression, and it's it's pretty lonely. So sure. I think, especially if you don't live in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I believe that this would be a good time to mention the Free State Project, which is the reason that all of us are in New Hampshire right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Free State Project is an organization of individuals, liberty-loving people, who are um, encouraging liberty lovers to move to New Hampshire and get active for more freedom in their lifetime. Absolutely. And not only, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to come and and get on board with uh, politics. No. I mean, (laughs) the idea is to just come here and be present, living, you know, freely and that that will in turn spurn greater freedom. And and, you know, I live there are communities within Keene or um, Brett's from the coast Mm -hmm. and um, you're living up near in Dartmouth and everything. So it's all over. You don't have to just be in one area mm-hmm. and um and the the uh new hampshireans or granite staters how you know <laughs> some people like to call them um are just very liberty loving people and and that is why that new hampshire was chosen as a state over other states that it already really has this um uh culture of of liberty yep i absolutely agree so check out freestateproject.org if you want to find out more about that and a little bit more about what we do and in the meantime, we actually have a call on the AMP lines. And the AMP line, uh, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a way to help out Free Talk Live. And, of course, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to find out more about that. But we do have a caller on the AMP lines, and they take precedence over our normal toll-free line. Matt wants to talk about prohibition. Are you there, Matt? I am. Um, good evening, guys. I just want, was curious is uh, what you thought about the fact that um, you look at the Roaring Twenties and the 18th Amendment, uh, that would be the prohibition against alcohol. It took only 13 years for them to realize that was a huge mistake because there was violence in the street, organized crime, and basically taking over liquor um, production, and there were, speake- there were almost as many speakeasies as there were saloons. Uh, right. Why has it taken it so long for people not to re- for people to realize that the war on drugs isn't working, and we still have this general consensus that I think among most of the population that it's in fact working and discouraging people from using drugs. So why 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 has it taken so long for us to to realize that the war on drugs isn't working when it took mm-hmm. it was so quick for people to realize that prohibition didn't work for alcohol? Because yeah. you keep paying taxes to support a government that says so. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's the only reason, but yeah, certainly that um, propaganda plays a huge role in this, Matt. And I think that uh, one of Brett's um, kind of pet issues, government schools, also makes a difference. You know, when people are told from an early age in dare class, right, in government yeah, school, yeah. that drugs are scary, drugs are bad, you know, marijuana is is going to make you do crazy things. And <laughs> Yes, don't you know, do drugs that the school psychologist didn't give you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good yeah, point. Exactly. I, I just remember, you know, I unfortunately did go to a government school mm. growing up and I was in the D.A.R.E. program. And I remember them showing us these movies that just made drugs look like the scariest things. And I would get a fear in my in my heart whenever I saw them, whenever I just saw these these videos or whenever I, I saw the cop talking about drugs that was running D.A.R.E. And so 
they really do an effective job at at kind of propagandizing people. And, you know, I think probably all three of us here would agree. I don't want to speak for you guys, but at least I think that oftentimes using drugs may not be the best judgment call. And same with alcohol, because it does impair people's decision making abilities or eating sugar, drinking coffee. And for for teenagers, (laughs) I, I, I agree. You yeah. know, and obviously, I, I mean, all I can do is make that as a suggestion and put in some of my own experience with, you know, doing drugs and drinking at that age. And there was really no long term positive payoff of that. Right. But um, it, I, uh, Matt, it, it's interesting. I picked up this this premise in, in your question and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but with a general consensus that this still works as an explanation of why the war on drugs is still going on. There's a faulty premise there that the government is responsive to the will of the people instead of the will of the people being responsive to the propaganda of the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think that the war on drugs is going on because people want it to go on. I think on the be- contrary, I think yeah. people are largely realizing it, especially for marijuana, that it doesn't um, it, that it's it's not effective. It's yeah. not stopping anyone and it's just hurting people. And uh yeah, just the thought that I wanted to finish from before, um, you know, we were saying that maybe it's not the best idea for someone to do drugs or it could not be harmful. Sure, it could just be a way to relax. But um, I certainly don't think that people should be put in jail or right. fined or aggressed against in any way for using drugs. I mean, perhaps they need help, perhaps not. But it certainly isn't the right solution to throw them in jail. And I think a lot of people are realizing that, especially younger people. Don't you think, Matt? Um, yeah, well, the reason why I, I brought up the question is because, um, I mean, I, I used to be in the Navy, and I'd see uh, instances where people would go out, um, well, like when you pull in a port, and they'd go out and they'd drink and they'd smoke uh, in order to alter their consciousness after such a long time at sea. And yet when you bring up the concept of, of other items, such as marijuana or cocaine, to, to achieve the same effect, it's all uh, you, you hit a wall with them, and they, they think, "Oh no, that, that's not that's not right. I shouldn't be doing that." But these these are the same people that will drink themselves to like a blackout state, or smoke a pack of cigarettes in a night out, and it's it, you you see the effects of that indoctrination because they just keep hammering it and hammering it. Right. And so I, I think Brett was kind of right when he when he got to that point where the the, the, the propaganda was driving public opinion, of public opinion driving the propaganda. Well, mm-hmm. and the state has been effective in convincing people that marijuana is a gateway drug. I remember my dad, uh, you know giving me a ride to school and telling me that if I smoke pot, I'm going to do cocaine. If I do cocaine, I'm going to do heroin. If I do heroin, I'm going to become a prostitute. I'm going to become a prostitute. I'm going to die of AIDS. So, I mean, and that was like, what if you drink some caffeine? (laughs) (laughs) That was one sentence. He was pretty amped up on caffeine when he was telling me that too. But I mean, it was just this idea. And of course I was sitting there, you know, stoned at the time. (laughs) He was telling me that just going snickering to myself, like, yeah, okay, Dad, whatever. Not, not dead of AIDS yet. But yeah, and it's just so so I think that that idea that um marijuana is supposedly a gateway drug you know makes people fearful. Yeah. And it's based on faulty science too. I I really don't think that it's borne out by if you actually go and take a look at the research, but even if it was, the solution is not to put people in jail. Numerous um, studies too, including one di- done by the government at the National Health Institute has disproven the gateway drug theory. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that's overlooked and why marijuana could sometimes look like a gateway drug is because of its legal status. It has to be sold in the black market mm-hmm. by people who have more of a propensity towards crime. Mm-hmm. So they might not 
you know, be too apprehensive about selling drugs to kids. And if they'll sell marijuana to kids, maybe they have the scruples where they'll also sell cocaine or crack to kids. So, hey, you want marijuana? Okay, well, here, you might like crack. Oh, now you're hooked on crack? Well, you might like being a hooker, you know? And I think that that that's a function of the black market. It's certainly not a, a chemical function of the drug marijuana. And the same thing happened you know, introducing people to other black market activities during alcohol prohibition. Absolutely. Yeah. Because alcohol was in the hands of gangsters who later became famous political families. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, No, that's it. Okay. Thanks a lot for the call. (laughs) Yeah. An interesting discussion. And, you know, it, it is so interesting how public opinion is just not, uh, the policy is not reflecting public opinion. It really does show that the politicians are not responsive to popular demand. So more coming up in hour two. We've got somebody who wants to talk about psychics on the line. Wait till you find out what he's going to say. And of course, you can always wait, give wait, us a wait. Call. I think I can psychically like you can predict. Tell- yes. <laughs> no, well, hold I that can't. prediction. And in the meantime, you can call us one 800 The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Abba Money. Welcome back. This is Free Talk Live. We certainly do appreciate you joining us again as we kick off the second hour. This is Stephanie with you. And Brett. And Michelle. Yes, indeed. And we are Free Talk Live tonight. In case you're just joining us, we are filling in for Mark and Ian, who are the normal hosts of our show. And they're away at a talk radio convention doing some uh, promotions for Free Talk Live. In New York City. Yes, in the oh, big city. I'm jealous. They, they like to say it like that salsa commercial, New York City. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think a lot of people know that reference. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for listening to the show. And we're glad to have you here. You can always go to... Let's see, m.freetalklive.com. And freetalklive.com is, of course, the website for the show. But m.freetalklive.com will get you access to the streams of Free Talk Live. You can listen anytime, 24-7, from your mobile phone. So always a good place to visit. And get ready. It's the biggest liberty-oriented event of 2011, and it's happening this June 20th through the 26th. Will you be there? (laughs) I will be there, yes. And I will be there, too. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is a week-long camping event held at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. From live performers to family fun to agorism in action, Porkfest has something for everyone who loves freedom. What are you waiting for? Be a part of the premier freedom event of 2011. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And that is guaranteed to be a blast i am very much looking forward to the porcupine freedom festival <laughs> absolutely should we talk about some of the the names that uh you sure. could check out yeah absolutely we well one of them is sitting here in the studio <laughs> oh i <laughs> mean Brett i mean like the big names like <laughs> jamie crane from Wheels oh. of liberty 
Yes, he is going to be a big name, and he's also going to be a big drunk, I think we can safely say. Yes, yes. (laughs) And yes, um, Brett is referring to some of the speakers that are going to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. We've got Stefan Molyneux, a philosopher I think we are all familiar with and respect. And He was a big draw last year. Yeah. And he was so much fun. At, I didn't make it to his um, his talk because I was doing something else, but I um, was there for the um, uh, Soapbox Idol. Mm-hmm. And he and Chris Lawless, uh, another uh, guy here, and Gardner mm-hmm. were the panel, the panelists for the, uh, the Soapbox Idol. Yeah. They were hysterical. Yeah. And a Soapbox Idol, of course, is a rant off mm-hmm. where you compete for having the best rant yep. and the judges are kind of some luminaries in the Liberty movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a very interesting time. Mm-hmm. Last year it involved some nudity. I oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot. That. I don't I can't remember what his, <laughs> what, what he's going by now. Voluntarist, uh, something. Uh, yeah. yeah. But Scott Geyer is his name and he actually dropped his drawers. That was funny. Yeah, I but of course, I don't think <laughs> we might be driving people away from Porkfest rather than encouraging them to come. <laughs> but I mean, really, it's it's a very interesting place. It's a week long camping festival and it's a bunch of people who love liberty, who understand the ideas of freedom or maybe who are just liberty curious, who are yeah, gathering yeah. in the woods to meet each other. And of course, you know, we mentioned Stefan Molyneux. We've got Adam Kokesh speaking. He was one of the protesters at the Jefferson Memorial who was arrested for dancing a couple yes. of weeks back very mm-hmm. heroically. We've also got uh, Julian Heiklin who is... Oh my gosh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. And and we've got Larkin Rose who's also a famous uh, civilly disobedient um, tax freedom advocate, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. And as Brett mentioned, Jamie Crane who is a host of Wheels Off Liberty, a podcast which is about... Well, it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is, a this lot is of the jokes. other show that I do. Yes. And it's, yeah. in addition uh, to the School Sucks podcast, which yes. is Brett's, um, Brett's show. But this is my dirty little secret. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> terrible. And I encourage you not to listen. <laughs> well, a little reverse psychology there. Where can people go if they want to hear the archives? Uh, you can go to Wheels Off Liberty. They can find it on iTunes. And okay. it's part of the rotation on LRN, the Liberty Radio Network. Yep. And the website is wheelsoffliberty.com. Yep, and they got some free plugs there. But anyway, we're very excited about all these speakers at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the best thing about it is just meeting people who really get the ideas of freedom. If you, you know, Michelle, you mentioned feeling lonely when you lived in California, um, that there weren't too many people there who are really into the ideas of liberty. Well, Porkfest is your place to go right. if you really want to meet people who you can connect with on a deep level. I a think. thousand people. A thousand people. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a difference. It's like, you know, sure, there, you know, I lived in many states and, and whatever. And so, of course, I, you know, gravitate toward people that shared common beliefs and everything. But the idea that you are surrounded by people that mm. share common beliefs and, and, you know, even if you don't, um, uh, you know, share exactly the same beliefs, it's okay because the idea that you're free to do what you want and think what you want and I'm free to do what I want think what I want so long as neither one of us tries to use force against the other one that's fine so you know you mentioned it something might turn someone off well you know you can go to church on Sunday morning there and go listen to a sermon or not you can go to Buzz's uh, bigger gay bigger dance party or not you can go listen to Larkin Rose or not so there's but there's really something for everyone that is liberty minded there absolutely yep 
Very nice description. And we did have a call on the line that was waiting very patiently. Jimmy in Texas, let's bring him on. He wanted to talk about the psychic who tipped off the police to some dead bodies on somebody's private property, which, of course, turned out not to exist. Jimmy, are you there? I am here. Uh, I actually used to, uh, I guess it was last year that I was the uh, government teacher at Liberty High School in Liberty County. Oh, my. Really? Wow. <laughs> so, wait, you're teaching about government in Liberty High School in Liberty County? <laughs> well, I, I actually was. I got fired for not saying the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Good wow, you. yeah. <laughs> that takes guts. <laughs> That's all right. I, they gave me a pretty good payoff, and I got into law school, so it, it worked out for the best, I guess. But uh, what I wanted to comment about was it was so funny when that happened. I, I've uh, probably 10 or 15 of my former students uh, as friends on Facebook now. They were seniors in high school, and now they're all in college. Mm-hmm. And they all started sending me emails on Facebook talking about, how do they get probable cause for a, a psychic? And I actually, the right. judge that issued the uh, warrant, I taught his daughter in class. Oh, wow. gosh. You have some personal connections. And we should mention for anyone who's just joining us that Liberty County is the location of this article that we were discussing a little earlier, where a judge issued a search warrant for somebody's private property and police came in in full force and messed up the person's property because a psychic had called the police with a tip and said that there were dead bodies on the property. And after they searched it once and found none, she said, she or he said, no, you went to the wrong place. Now, did they in fact go back and search again? Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So Jimmy, anything else you wanted to add? What do you think about this? This happened basically Uh, in your backyard. Uh, I think it's, well, I actually don't live there anymore. I live closer to uh, the Mexican border now. But gotcha. Probably it's, a good uh, idea. Yeah, I know. It's it's actually not that bad down here. It's a bunch of stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. But the uh, it's just par for the course in that area. It's 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 very, we love George Bush. The, the textbooks that I had to teach out of were horrible. Uh, and I actually didn't teach out of them. So I've, I've got about 15 kids that are in college now that are studying government. So, so I have a question I want to ask you, Jimmy. What, what okay. inspired you not to say the Pledge of Allegiance? Well, I mean, I've, I don't want to say pledge my allegiance to a, uh, a government that will use a psychic as a form of probable cause, <laughs> number one. And that's one of the amusing things, you right. know, the more yeah. amusing things that they do. Right. I actually, uh, I had my kids do, my kids in class, I had them do a project over the Pledge of Allegiance, and once you kind of learn about it and who came up with it and the ideas behind it, it's it's not something that uh, I wanted to do anymore, and I actually yeah. did that about five years ago, and since then I, I started kind of waking up. To, mm. And Brett, you're familiar with that, right, about the history of the Pledge of Allegiance? Sure. It was written by a guy named Francis Bellamy, who was a socialist. And if you go and look at his body of work and his brother's name was Edward Bellamy. He was an author. He sort of wrote futuristic, um, utopian, not dystopian, but utopian visions of society. And, uh, you know, the the Pledge of Allegiance is a a ritual. It's an indoctrination ritual uh, that, you know, people are being forced to do before they have any ability to think critically about what they are pledging allegiance to or what that even means. I remember saying that not even knowing what the words meant. Thanks a lot for the call, Jimmy. Nice to have someone's perspective who was in that place where the psychic raid took place. And this is Free Talk Live. We'll be back. 
You can call us 1-800-259-9231. More coming up. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to our show. Thank you so much for sticking with us. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Brett. And I'm Michelle. Indeed. And of course, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. That is our website, freetalklive.com. And at the cam page, you can see us actually doing what we do on video as we do the show. And I believe it's also the most up-to-date stream. So if you're interested in seeing what we looked like in the studio, putting a face to a voice, you can go there to check it out. See what we're eating See what we're eating. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Actually, we had some agorist uh, chef yep. cooking next door. So we we had a voluntary exchange mm-hmm. that was just between us and this this chef who will go unnamed. And there was no government involved, except, I guess, the food taxes. He probably had to purchase the raw materials mm-hmm. and there are always mm-hmm. built in taxes in that. But we special certain- orders don't upset him either. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is that from a song or something? Don't you? Oh, it was like a Burger King. Special orders don't upset us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lettuce, <laughs> onions, pickles, lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, some effective advertising mm-hmm. on their part because it. Considering I remember back. it thirty-five years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, we do have a call on the line. I believe we have Mowgli listening in Athens, Ohio, on WAIS, and he wants to talk about firearms in California. Mowgli, are you here? Hey, how's it going? Hello, nice to speak with you tonight. And I believe you're referencing an article that we discussed in the first hour of Free Talk Live tonight, which was about the California legislature voting to, legislature voting to exempt themselves from gun control laws while still applying those laws to the rest of the population. So did you have some comments about that? Yeah, well, it's just kind of, you know, when you guys were talking about that whole story, you know, in particular, I guess what <clears throat> made me want to put in a call was when uh that you were talking or you or the other person was telling the story about their friend that was you know so paranoid about firearms that they didn't even want to be in the same house or whatever when they came to visit right that was michelle yeah right right and you know and it's amazing because if you were to actually look up you know the things that actually end up you know killing and being responsible for death it's you know cleaners and all this other kind of stuff that kids get into the last time i checked guns weren't even on the list as far as like top 10, you know, ways that uh, accidents end up happening involving kids, you know, so it's like they're so afraid of a firearm, they don't, won't even come over, but, you know, the house is, I mean, geez, if you got a set of stairs for a little kid, that can be sure. <laughs> pretty dangerous, you know what I mean? Well, as I understand it, most accidents with kids happen because the kid is not really familiar with how to safely navigate the house or isn't aware that an item might be dangerous, like, for instance, a poisonous chemical or something. Or what about all the kitchen knives? I mean, like, I have oh, these awesome sure. kitchen knives, and they're just out on a, on a uh, magnet, you know, board or whatever, so that they're just oh, how on my responsible. Wall. I know, I know. But, <laughs> um, you know, so 
there isn't a, at this point anyway any laws against you know eleven inch blade kitchen knives. Well, in in the UK they do actually have those laws against long oh, knives. Lord. Only chefs yeah. have the license to possess them. But uh, I think the point is that. The key to this situation, you know, helping kids stay safe at home is to educate those kids and say, you know, these things are for adults only or these things might be dangerous. This could hurt you. Um, You know, don't play with the knives. It's not safe. We don't want you to get hurt. We care about you. We love you. And be responsible. We were talking earlier about self-government. You know, I mean, if, if something in my home, like a firearm, was discharged and... You know, I I killed someone oh, on account of that. Yeah. I think that I would have to pro- provide remedy. And that is one thing that seems to be lacking in understanding about people mm-hmm. who look at us anarchists or voluntarists, you know, mm-hmm. people minimal government, people, self-government. Yeah. Absolutely. And they don't realize that we are strong proponents of uh, not only being responsible for your behavior, but also providing remedy and restitution in the event that you um, harm someone or harm their property. Yeah, excellent points. I mean, self-ownership implies self-responsibility too. So if you are responsible for, I'm sorry, if you own yourself, then you are also responsible for the consequences of your actions. And that ties into restitutive or restorative justice, as you said. And in this in this country, I think we have, we, I'm not in that we. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the U.S. there is this system which tends to punish people who do Uh, wrong or who do things that are illegal, which aren't necessarily wrong. And I don't think that's the right approach. I think that if something is a crime, it has a victim and the victim should be made whole and, you know, compensated for the damage that was done to them. Now you have some, um, there are some uh, pretty liberal or uh, relaxed laws regarding guns in Ohio, if I understand correctly. Is that right? Yeah, more or less. I mean, currently there, you know, there's some talk in the state legislature about like a a bill to allow concealed carry in bars or something like that. Uh, but by and large, it, it's you know, it's kind of a non-issue really. But you, you can know. go, you can go and and without anything other than I don't even think you have to have a driver's license, right? You can go and and go to a gun show and and purchase even an automatic weapon, right? Well, <clears throat> gun shows now. The way I understand it, that's pretty much the way it is for a gun show anywhere. You know what I mean? Gun shows is like a a mass group of private sellers, basically, you know, to private individuals. Some states don't allow the sell of uh, private sellers, actually, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, by and large, you know, it's pretty... I mean, and I live out in the country, too, so it's almost a given that everyone has a gun. And, and, And what's interesting is, like, I grew up in the city up in Columbus, and, you know, things like shootings and home invasions are really common, whereas, you know, I live down here in Athens County and, like, Appalachian part of Ohio. And, you know, if there's a shooting or something like that, I mean, granted, it happens from time to time, but it's, like, huge front-page news because it's a big deal. It doesn't happen a whole lot, whereas in Columbus it's like, oh, there's a traffic accident on I-70 and there was a shooting on Livingston and the weather is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. kind of a normal part of life, whereas here... You don't see a lot of home invasions and things because everyone knows. I mean, if you run up in someone's house, there's a real good chance you're going to get killed. So you probably shouldn't do that, you know. And that's not something that's like irrational or crazy. I mean, it's ridiculous for someone to expect you to live utterly defenselessly. And, and, you know, that was that was what I was going to mention was like, you know, talking with people that are so hypersensitive to firearms and weaponry in general. You know, I've had success getting them to see the light, so to speak, by 
talking about like, you know, the same mentality behind a seatbelt. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get in a car, you don't, you know, actually expect to get in an accident on your trip to the store. You're not paranoid about the fact that that might happen. You know, you click the seatbelt because, it's, you know, if something unexpected happens, you either got it on or you don't. You know what I mean? You're not going to have time to... And it's kind of a last resort, I would say. I'm glad you mentioned the whole car argument because, you know, there uh, people die in car accidents. So should we make cars illegal? <laughs> oh, you, you know, and, and I love that, you know, when you hear people be like, well, there's too many rounds in the clip or something. And it's like, if you've ever seen an experienced shooter, I mean, they change clips in the blink of an eye. I mean, it really, if you made it mm-hmm. six rounds a clip, I mean, you know, that <laughs> it doesn't matter for someone who knows what they're doing, you know, for train for that. But, yeah. but you know, to me, the, the counter argument to that for people who are like, oh, you know, assault weapons and magazines, let's ban those. You know, they're like, oh, you can have a gun, but you don't need to shoot that many bullets. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Mowgli, thanks for the call tonight. And I kind of wonder if your name is a reference to the Jungle Book. Is that right? Totally is. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for calling us. And this is Free Talk Live. We'll be back in a few. Call us 1-800-259-9231. Give us your thoughts. Free Talk Live. We'll be back. I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Welcome back. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for listening to our show tonight. I am Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Michelle. Yes, indeed. And we are back for another segment of fun and excitement. And if you're looking for ways to promote our show, Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get all kinds of graphics, all kinds of other materials to um, get the word out about this show. If you enjoy listening, spread the word. And Brett has a message for us. Yes, and don't miss the SACL CAI Fun Compound at Porkfest in 2011. Get your drink on, play some cornhole, which I'm (laughs) hoping is some kind of a game. Maybe. The Fun Compound will be the home of Fix Brewing. Get your custom limited-run Porkfest commemorative beer mug and fill it with a tasty beverage. Try the Sticky Porcupine, the Molotov Hefe, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think so. Or even the Gluten-Free. Uh, uh, FR33. Also featuring the Agar's Drinking Fountain, wake yourself up with a spicy Bloody Mary. Chill out with an ice cold glass of Atlas Chugged or Liberty. Get your lady where she is trying to go every time with a tall L. Osborne. <laughs> where is she trying to go? I don't know. I would ask her first. Yeah, uh, I heard. Consent. I heard that was really. Uh, Ian said, "Whoa!" About the L. <laughs> I think that was what he. But about the is it the L. Osborne or the L. Osborne? The L. Osborne. Oh, I missed bec- English speaker. I missed a uh, uh, accent. Oh. L. Osborne. L. Osborne. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Get out your mariachis, baby. <laughs> Located directly across from the outdoor stage, the fun compound will be the place to park. At Pork Fest 2011. Sakel CIA, uh, whoa, (laughs) CAI Fun Compound, 
Liquor up front, cornhole in the rear. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Who wrote that I'm copy? Sorry. It had to have been Jason. My guess yeah. would be Jason Osborne. Yeah, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Free Talk Live. Big yeah. supporter of a lot of stuff. Him. Yeah. He, yeah, I was fortunate last year to uh, be in a, a um, uh, cabin. And Jason was like in the cabin next door. Oh, so. you mean at the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Yes. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the the kegs were right there and I still have my mugs and everything. And <laughs> yeah, so he, he uh, whether he's he's pretty staid sort of fellow. So it's not that he's the life of the party. He simply provides the life for the party. well um he's certainly a stand-up guy who knows a lot about economics and a lot about philosophy of liberty and so definitely worth checking out and talking to uh, checking out worth talking to Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think you should check out his butt or something (laughs) but you should okay (laughs) but um what i was only halfway through the show and we're already going there yeah we're already going off the wheels but (laughs) (laughs) but what i wanted to say was that at the porcupine freedom festival which is pork fest that brett Brett was referencing in the ad you can meet all the people that you hear on this show or most of the people that you hear on this show anyway and you know you can talk to them you can have conversations with them as well as a lot of other people that you know maybe you hear about on free talk live they're kind of like these mini celebrities i guess you could say <laughs> yeah yeah yep i i think um i think brett will be recognized at pork fest and people will be coming up to him and saying hey you're brett i've heard school sucks podcast and i've heard you on free talk live <laughs> well that's always nice when that happens indeed for sure it is so anyway um what were we talking about? I'm not, <laughs> I got so Other derailed than by the... in the front and cornholing? I mean, what? <laughs> I got so derailed by the cornhole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I... Well, I do think, you know, we were talking in the last segment, we had a call from Mowgli, and he was discussing, you know, kind of the the idea of how to keep kids safe, I guess, in a free society mm-hmm. where there aren't these laws and regulations governing everything. But, you know, I, I think... Um, before the show, we were kind of discussing a little bit of a personal incident that involves kids and autonomy. Oh, right. And that was something that happened in Michelle's life. So I don't know. Uh, do you want to discuss that a little bit? Give us a brief rundown because I think it's an interesting sure, discussion absolutely. topic. Absolutely. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much the listeners know um, that I have you know three teenagers and, mm-hmm. and I actually talk about them quite a bit. And and um, uh, they're all under the age of 21 Um, so, well, if they're teenagers, yes, but, um, in any case, uh, one of my sons requested that, um, that a girl send him a a picture of herself nude. Uh Uh-oh. And is that, is that called sexting? Is that what the kids call it? (laughs) Yes, but it was over, um, he communicated this via Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it's an internet situation. Okay. And, um, I, so she complied. And she went ahead and and did that. Mm -hmm. And the parents phoned me hysterically. Well, my son's in Germany right now on, you know, visiting some friends and and things. And so getting a call, you know, (laughs) regarding my Well, you were probably blindsided. You were probably like, well, what the heck just happened? How was I supposed to have any control? Well, there were several there were several um, messages on my cell phone. And and a lot of people don't have my cell phone number. And there weren't actual messages just uh, calls so I could see the number and, um, and I called the number and said, I'm hello. I'm not sure who's calling me, but you've called several times and haven't left a message. So could Mm. you tell me who you are and and are you trying to get a hold of me? And, and I get a call back 
I'm from this just irate, distressed parent saying, we have a problem. We have a situation. And I said, excuse me, but I don't know who you are. You might want to start off by introducing yourself and not involving me in your collective thought to start with. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. you know, just uh, some manners here and etiquette might get you further with me. And, and so he stepped back and the phone conversation was unsuccessful. And I told him not to call me again. I then, you know, waited an hour or so and sent him a text message because I simply didn't want to, I wanted the option of not having to be attacked. Um, but mm-hmm. he did threaten me as well as my son with involving uh, his lawyer and the police and the state. And I was able to communicate to him that um, I consider that a threat of force. Sure. And that absolutely. I don't respond to that. And so, at, you know, that juncture said, do not call me back. We sense, you know, how correspondence and, you know, really what it was is that he's scared. He's upset. He doesn't want to see his teenage daughter's naked body, you know, for mm-hmm. all the world to see mm-hmm. on the Internet. And, you know, and <clears throat> I explained to him that although, um, you know, I don't think that my son is really mature enough to be sexually active at this point. The fact that he is requesting naked pictures of girls, mm-hmm. I don't find that abnormal or surprising. You know, I mean, no. first of all, I think that the human naked body is nice to look at. Oh, sure. You know, sometimes. Absolutely. And, Both and um, sexes. The, yeah. And the fact that you could, you can, you know, send a photo of a sculpture uh, done by Raphael or something like that mm-hmm. of nudes, you know, yeah, Monet's. Art, yes, exactly. Lanchon <laughs> Solaire and that is hanging in uh, Musée d'Orsay in, in France. Yet you cannot you know, send one of yourself is somehow a crime, I just think is bizarre. Mm. What I told the dad that I was more concerned about, and I will be discussing this with my son, is that you have to, um, there's an element of trust there. And I certainly hope that he did not dispense that photo. Sure. Because she did not send that to anyone other than him. So to me, the element of trust is is paramount as well as... um, it's my hope that he is not using disparaging remarks against this girl because she complied. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing worse than, than the idea of, of having sex with someone. And then they turn around and call you a, a slut. Yes. Yeah. I had or, to think if I was allowed to say that word or not. But oh I, no, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, sure. It's fine. Um, so yeah, so it, it, that's, I think bad manners. So, Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think a lot of that, I mean, we can talk about the psychological roots of that. And I think that is kind of a, uh, a pathological idea the idea that um you know women are only good for sex and then once they give it to you like they're a slut because they gave it to you right. and you know <laughs> if they don't give it to you then they're a b yeah right yeah, i don't know if i can say that word either <laughs> i know there are four i've i've been i've i've had to have timeouts before so i'm a little cautious <laughs> don't worry right Michelle, so if you're, you're you, if you don't give it out you're a tease if you do you're a slut Right. And for for men, it's like the more sexual conquest they have in culture, that seems to be like there's the sky's the limit. The better, the more they have, the better they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for women, the more they have, the the worse they are. And, the you know, they're morally bad and all this Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. So clearly a a huge double standard in mainstream culture. And but I think what you were getting at was the parental. Yes. um, The idea of. of, Would they be better off if they were put in jail or if they were aggressed against by the police or the state? And I think the answer is a resounding no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure Michelle agrees. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be back with more coming up. We got Jerry on the line. He wants to talk about guns, but you can give us a call. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. We'll be back. 
Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We certainly do appreciate you listening to us tonight. I am your host, Stephanie. And I'm Brett. I'm Michelle. Yes, indeed. And we've been having a lot of great discussion from guns to psychics to (laughs) sexting. Yes. (laughs) We've been covering a lot of ground, but the common thread in all of it is that we are people who believe in the freedom to live your life as you choose, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, and the freedom to be free from aggression from other people. And the state. Including those who Mm -hmm. wear blue and green costumes and call themselves government, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that that's part of the, the gun issue as well that I wanted to mention that gun ownership and maybe more specifically open carrying Mm -hmm. is in many ways a statement that I'm not silly enough to pretend that it's somebody else's responsibility to protect me, especially if the only evidence that those people have shown of, you know, their interest in me is aggression and threats and demands and inconveniences. Like, I wouldn't pretend that those people are somehow also responsible for protecting me. I'm a self-owner. That's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, we do have someone on the phone who does want to talk about guns. So maybe we can uh, we can bring him on. Jerry, listening in Portsmouth, Virginia, on WTAR. Jerry, are you there with us? Yes. Awesome. So uh, what did you want to say about the Second Amendment, about guns? Good evening, ladies. And it was more in in concern of the Second Amendment more so than the than the, than the topic of guns, which which go hand in hand. But um, oh, okay. I, I I am always amazed um, to make a a few long stories very short. Um, I, I was a volunteer for for um, um, a, a, a gentleman who was running against an incumbent. He was running under the the little known Constitution Party here in, in Virginia. He knew he didn't have a chance probably to win, but he wanted to to at least run and, and bring out some points and of course he lost and and and, and one of his um 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 plaque, uh, pieces on, on his placard was um pro second amendment. Mm-hmm. And and prior and prior to seeing that, I was going to, to investigate exactly how the wording of the Second Amendment uh was worded back in the seventeen hundreds, of course. Of course, mm-hmm. and then I remember um, it, within that short time frame span, I saw I saw um, an, an episode of All in the Family where where Archie Bunker and the Meathead uh, had had a spirited discussion, let's put it that way, of uh, of, of, of this uh, of this issue, and and in saying all that. There is no way, and I'm trying to keep this as, as lighthearted as possible, um, sure. because, it, because, it, because it is kind of serious, um, that the Second Amendment, in its wording, if we, if we don't, uh, if we choose not to amend or to do anything about it, if you're honest with the Constitution and you read the Second Amendment in its wording, then this is, this is not going to make um, your your male host very very happy perhaps but but there's no there's no 
a privilege. There is no right in the United States for uh, private ownership of guns. I don't derive my rights from the Constitution, so oh, there you okay. go. Yep. Oh, that's okay. Point. Well, that's yeah. that's 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 the big that's the big divide. Then <laughs> that yeah. is the big that is the big continental divide. Um, Do if, you are if, you if, someone, if Jerry, who who does believe that the Constitution grants rights to people? Well, no. As a matter of fact, uh, it doesn't. It, when when I read it, when I read the the, the Second Amendment, it it. And um, our founding fathers, in regards to the wisdom that you either hold to them, or the or the foolishness that they, or the um, the the lack of insight that they might have had, or the insight that they might have had mm-hmm. to this point, uh, the Second Amendment does call for a well-regulated militia. What and and a militia always counts at least uh, in the plural sense, so it has to be at least two or more. <laughs> Uh, preferably more, of course, but it never, it never in the Second Amendment gives uh, an individual the privilege, like let's say a, a driver's license, for example. It, it doesn't give. Oh an wait a minute! Now you're going to start no. talking about the Interstate <laughs> Commerce Clause, really? Well, I have I, the language of it right here: a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be. Infringed. Now, again, I think that this is already beyond the point. Uh, like Michelle said, I don't think that I derive my, I'm not even going to call them rights, my liberties as a human being from this document. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that children and prisoners get privileges. Like I'm, I'm right. a human being and I just have these liberties and one of them is to protect myself. Yeah, the phrase in their free state jumped out at me and of course we're here for the free state project but which is uh, maybe somewhat of an oxymoron there are some people who think it should be called the no state project right <laughs> but uh the phrase free state i mean i'm more interested in a free state of mind or being a free person i don't i don't necessarily want to uh you know a free government sort of seems a little oxymoronic to me what do you think about that jerry you know i can i can appreciate that thought uh, on on the other hand, the, the Constitution, um, and it sounds like it's—I um, um, don't—I don't want to put words or, or thoughts in, in your in your collective minds, but um, it sounds like um, you, 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 um, you 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 not only uh, don't adhere to the Constitution, but but you don't uh, at least and um, and I'm not picking on New Hampshire when I say this, but but um, but. Hampshire um, program is what this is all about. Um, that you that you um, would like to at least um, would not so much do away with it, but 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 you don't adhere to the founding uh, principles that that the Constitution was was adopted. Real on. quick, there's I nothing would, in would, the Constitution. Before you add, I would just say that 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 I would be the. It, it doesn't take anybody without eyes to know that 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 uh, that. Um, Jerry, are um, you a Christian? Private, private, private ownership of guns in 1800s and 1900s, and, mm-hmm. and and within and within this 21st century, it has been ignored in regards to that militia rule in the Constitution being in there and. All right, Jerry, uh, how about Michelle's question? Are you a Christian? Jerry, a lot of constitutionalists are, you know, are also Christians whom I know. And so I'm just wondering, are you a Christian? 
Well, as a matter of fact, I do have a a, a personal relationship with uh, with Jesus Christ. Me too. And it's, and Me it's, too. It's, it's shaky, and it's um, it's um. Well, um, even if you're not hanging it, on to him, it, he's hanging on to you. But I. But oh, there's yeah, something. It, there's a point about the that though I want to make, and that is that you know you uh, as a Christian pledge your allegiance to God, and if you pledge your allegiance to anyone else, that is idolatry. And that includes pledging allegiance to the state and to a federal government. So you might want to reconsider whether or not you derive your rights from God as you and I would define God. You know, not everyone's going to agree on that. But for you and I, you know, using Jesus Christ as the standard, then you might want to consider the fact that he did not, he was basically what I would call an anarchist, and he did not uh, obey the government. And, and so when you, when you think of the liberty that is, that you as a human being have, you know, some of us believe that you, we have, we are free to be humans because we're humans. We have a neocortex and that's what separates us from animals and Olympic system. And Um, we're responsible for our actions. Yes, absolutely. And so, so you might want to reconsider whether or not you uh, have those, the opportunity to be act as a human being and therefore by definition are free because you're a human or because, and that's how you were created or because uh, the constitution, a man-made piece of paper that can be destroyed and amended is where you get your freedom. And one more thought too, you, when you say you do not adhere to the constitution, there's nothing in the constitution for me to adhere to because the constitution is not for me. The constitution was a document that supposedly was set up to bound the, um, the growth of government. Now, Empirically, 230, 240 years later, we can look back at it and say either what it really was was something that allowed the government to grow into the most powerful, uh, invasive government that the world has ever seen, or it was a complete failure to contain it. But either way, it didn't yeah. work, and either way, it is not really uh, particularly relevant in my life. And it, doesn't, it's, it has no bearing on my life because it's not for me. It was for the government. Okay, uh, I I appreciate you saying that. I certainly don't agree with it, but I appreciate well, you saying it. And and in, in regards to all right, then to, if you just to, if, if you instead of just saying I don't agree with it, tell me why I'm wrong. Oh well, uh, well uh, I will I will try to to go well not not to undermine it, but to but to refer to to what uh, I I can't remember what her name is. I think um, Michelle. Michelle, uh, she was asked me if I was a Christian, yeah. and um, and it does it does say in the epistles, and it does say in. Oh, you're not going to say to obey the law of the land, are you? Uh, oh no! All right, Jerry, we got to move on. Thanks so much for the call tonight. We will keep discussing this issue. This is Free Talk Live. You can always weigh in with your thoughts. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is our number. More coming up when we return for hour three. We've got Scott on the line. He wants to talk about guns, too. Free talk. So you've got bitcoins. We've been talking about them here on the show. Lots of people have been buying them recently. The popularity has been surging. But what can you do with them? Well, you can spend them. And you can spend them on all your everyday needs at ftl.spendbitcoins.com. Through ftl.spendbitcoins.com, you can purchase all the stuff you need with your bitcoins. Why have bitcoins if you can't spend them? So spend them if you've got them. That's FTL, as in freetalklive.spendbitcoins.com. FTL.spendbitcoins.com. X.
welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for listening to our show tonight. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Brett. And I'm Michelle. And I'm very excited to be kicking off the third hour. We got lots of calls on the line. But first of all, I want to thank Ian and Mark for letting us fill in for them while they're away. Uh, they'll be back joining you, I think, on Monday. And we've got Gardner Goldsmith and Julia coming in tomorrow night to do the show for you. Oh, how fun. Yeah, that'll be a great show. I'll be looking forward to listening to them. And uh, last time Ian and Mark were away, we actually had myself, Brett, and Gardner who did a show together, and mm-hmm. it was so much fun. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to hearing Gard back on the air and always enjoy having Julia's perspective as well um, on Free Talk Live. So, and if you want to find some ways to help out Free Talk Live, if you like what we do, want to help us get the message out even more, you can actually go to shop.freetalklive.com and It'll take you to a portal, which will let you into Amazon, and you can do your shopping there. The prices don't change, but a percentage of each sale does go to Free Talk Live, so appreciate that. It always helps out the show to have that. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have a bunch of calls on the line. First, let's go to, hmm, who do we have? Scott. Scott is in Wyoming listening on the internet, and he wants to talk about the Second Amendment, which we were discussing in the last segment. So, Scott, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Absolutely nice to have you here. So what was on your mind tonight? Okay, uh, well, we just heard a what I think is a deliberate misinterpretation of the Second Amendment. Uh, while I would agree uh, generally with uh, your response that you know, rights are not given by the Constitution, I'm sorry, I'm getting a lot of echo in my ear and it's getting a little hard to talk. Oh, we're not um, hearing it on our side. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll soldier on here. Okay, um, is your radio turned down? Or your computer? It's turned down, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm hearing the echo on my phone. Oh, well, go ahead, but, if you can get yeah, your point um, out. I'll, I'll, I'll try. It's, <laughs> it's a little hard to think. Um, it's erroneous both grammatically and historically and legally in, in that the Supreme Court recently rejected that interpretation. The Which interpretation exactly are you saying? Are, are you saying the, the, the gentleman, the, the caller's interpretation? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. Right, the interpretation that you have to be a member of a militia in order to have a okay. right to keep their own. Thanks for clarifying that. It's it's the right of the people, and the people is a term of art, as the court said, that is used in the Constitution to refer to individuals, people not people that are part of any particular polity, and not even citizens necessarily, but people that are within the United States. Well, Scott, um, I, I have to say, I do like the concept of, you know, focusing on individuals and their rights mm-hmm. as opposed to the rights of groups. I don't even understand how a group can have rights that individuals within that group don't possess, mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> but I still think that, you know, kind of, quibbling over the interpretation of the Second Amendment, although I'm sure it does affect the laws that the government makes and that that will affect people's lives. I still think it just doesn't change the fact that people have rights by virtue of being human beings. And well, that, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't like to say rights. I'm kind of with um, Brett on this one. Oh, okay. Because I tend to think more in terms of negative rights. You have the right to not be harmed. You have mm-hmm. the right to not be robbed, etc. <laughs> And so when you think in terms of rights, you think of terms of entitlements. So if you have the right to bear arms, then that could be, there's, it's not a far reach to say that's an entitlement. Therefore, 
um, the government's obligated to provide one for you. If you have the right to food, you have the right to shelter, mm, healthcare. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I kind of kind of cringe a little bit. Is that why you kind of don't like that as well, Brett? Yeah, that's that's why I just said we have uh, liberties or yeah. negative rights. You don't have rights to anything at anybody else's expense, mm-hmm, and sure. that does become in- entitlements. Exactly. Yep, that makes total sense to me, and I I agree with what you said. I may have misspoke about rights. (laughs) No, I just think it's like it's one of those things that, you know, we we toss around that term kind Mm -hmm. of like saying the Patriot Act instead of the USA Patriot Act. You know, I mean, the the government's done a very good job at... uh, at creating a new language for us. Oh, to all. yeah. I tried my best to avoid falling into those right. status language traps. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I would I would argue ahead, or I would say that most of your listeners probably do think the Constitution is important. And when it says matters in terms of the laws that we're going to have to deal with, and I think it's important to get the interpretation right. Well, unfortunately, and, it's but, not it's but, not important to the people that it's supposed to apply to, because <laughs> right now the the powers uh, that the the, the, are, the federal government is supposed to be contained by in the Constitution account for one twentieth, one thirtieth, one fortieth. I'm not sure that's kind of arbitrary, but a tiny percentage of the amount of power they have now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what good are laws if none of us followed any of them, right? It and would just be. You might have heard. You might have heard in the beginning how this whole conversation came up, and that is that in California, I think the vote was what some twenty nine to eight or something like that in favor of the um, politicians or the congressional bodies mm-hmm. or legislatures or whatever legislators being exempt from these uh, gun laws. Yeah. So, so therefore, you know, justice is not blind, and it is it doesn't apply equally to all people. And so, right there, I mean, what's the use in having the Constitution if, as Brett said, the uh, those who it's supposed to restrict um, are able to circumvent that? Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I noticed too is that there's so much quibbling over the Second Amendment, which is. Uh, it's one of the only ones that kind of broadly applies to people, but nobody really questions politicians when they just tromp all over the Fourth Amendment, you know, the the mm-hmm. right to be uh, free from unnecessary or unreasonable searches and seizures. And or that habeas kind of thing. corpus. Yeah, yeah, even habeas corpus, mm-hmm. which goes back even further than mm-hmm. the than the Fourth Amendment. So, um, Scott, thanks so much for the call. We do appreciate your thoughts. And, uh, you know, it's nice to get an a kind of alternative perspective to what Jerry had to say. But I think we, all three of us, uh, you know, still maintain that our rights do not come from the constitution. Right. And that's one of the reasons too, why I'm getting a little bit upset about some of this is that all of these arguments are pointless because they're based on faulty reasoning. The constitution or the Supreme court, those are both examples of the argument from authority. You know, yes. that this is right because... Which is a logical fallacy. So Yes, yeah. exactly. The Constitution says is an argument from authority. The Supreme Court decided is an argument from authority. They're not moral arguments. They're not reasoned or rational arguments. They are just a appeal to power. Yeah. And they're not based on first principles, as, exactly. you, as you just said, which the only thing you really can base on first principles is... I'm a human being. I own myself. I'm responsible for my actions. I respect the rights of others. And so I should be free from, uh, you know, force and aggression. Right. right. All right. <laughs> so we do have some other calls on the line. I think maybe a little bit more lighthearted call. We've got Daryl in Texas on the line, and he wants to talk about pork fest. Daryl, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you doing tonight, Michelle? 
Good. The stars at night are big and bright. <laughs> I like hey, that song. I, I hope you guys don't mind if I do a shameless plug for myself. And <laughs> well, it depends on it, what you're plugging. Don't make it shameless. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you guys mentioned about uh, the government trying to rewrite the language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because one of the books that I'll be selling in 25 Agora Valley is the Doublespeak Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Right on. And you're and you're talking about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. For our listeners who are not familiar, uh, Porkfest yes. is what Daryl called to talk about. And Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. And at this festival, which is a week-long camping event full of liberty-loving people, about a 1,000 people expected to attend this year, there's going to be a section of the campground where it's held, Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. There's going to be a section called Agora Valley. And in Agora Valley, there are people freely trading goods and services. And these can range from food to drinks to things like Daryl's product. Daryl saved me last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he did. He um, had his little tent up and everything. And and I was in need and I was able to get a bag of nuts and a box of tampons. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, he had, there's some, there was a little something, he was selling flags, but there was also a little something for everyone inside of his uh, tent. And, and, um, so yeah, I appreciated him being there. Yeah. Well, actually I should, and, and I should again, mention. I'll have, you know, yep. some, uh, knickknacks. I think free aid is actually going to be. Absolutely. I, I'm a part of free aid, Daryl. I'm a volunteer for free aid and we'll get into that when we return, but we got to take a little bit of a, a pause for a minute. Thank you so much for calling, and we do look forward to seeing you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. This is Free Talk Live. You can always give us a call, 1-800-259-9231, and we'll be back with more coming up. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. My name is Stephanie. My name is Brett. And my name is Michelle. (laughs) I love it. Michelle's been kind of singing for us tonight, which I (laughs) enjoy. But uh, Michelle, you had a message you wanted to let our listeners know about, right? Yes. Everyone knows that the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins, they are a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They are free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems to be only increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. We were actually just talking about bitcoins during the break. And I guess for our listeners who are not necessarily familiar with what they are, they're basically an anonymous digital currency, right? And we were kind of, uh, I think all of us are kind of newbies to bitcoins, right, Brett and yes, Michelle? Yes, yes. I'm a total newbie. Yeah, and I am like too. Like the idea. 
Yeah, you know? I, I do. I like the idea as well. And they discuss it extensively on um, Free Talk Live. Ian is very excited about bitcoins. Well, yeah, you know, if they're anonymous, then that means that there's really no one that you can the government can go after to seize. Mm-hmm. And if there's not really any property there, then right. there's no property to take. I mean, we saw what happened with the man with the freedom dollar, the liberty dollar. Oh, liberty and, dollars. Yeah. yeah. He had, uh, you know, very vast quantities of precious metals seized mm-hmm. by the U.S. government. And I don't think anyone who there were some people who had ordered coins from him and never received them. And I mm-hmm. doubt they'll ever recover that Mm -hmm. but (laughs) but for bitcoins i've heard it kind of analogized and compared to internet cash which Mm -hmm. i think is maybe a good analogy because with a credit card there's a record of where you've spent money and sometimes that can be useful and stuff for accounting purposes but for bitcoins they're more uh they're more like cash they're more anonymous and they're also decentralized Mm -hmm. so there's not a central bank that's issuing bitcoins it's basically as i understand it it's a peer-to-peer network and they exist on that network and so no one could pull the plug on bitcoins, for instance. It's not like they're all at Fort Knox. And if Fort Knox gets destroyed, then there's nothing I'm there. determined to look into it and mm-hmm. learn more about it before I come back next Friday because I've kind of been asking about it for a while and mm-hmm. I haven't really done much to, uh, you know, exercise some some self educated <laughs> <laughs> Educate yourself. Right. Yeah. Now, I think we've all missed the ideal window of opportunity with oh, Bitcoin. Yeah, because now, now they're, they're over like, $30. <laughs> Brett was saying before the show that it is possible, it, it has been theoretically possible to become a millionaire on Bitcoins at this point, right, Brett? Uh, yeah. Now, is that a real millionaire? Well, uh, in, in Federal Reserve notes, yeah, I so suppose. Is that a real millionaire? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because, of course, Federal Reserve notes are right. just paper promises. And mm-hmm. I, people like to say they're not backed by anything, but I take issue with that phrase because they are backed by something, and that's force. Yeah. Because people are forced to accept them as, quote, legal tender. Yes. Yeah, so they, for all debts, public and private, I mean, think about that statement for a minute. How nervy is that? The federal government is telling you any debt, public or private, you have to accept our paper currency that has no intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty gutsy to get mm-hmm. <laughs> to use a, a euphemism. Arrogant. Arrogant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So we do have some calls on the line. Let's see what our callers have to say. I'm interested in this call. We have Scott in Minnesota, and he is listening on WNMT and wants to talk about the Afghan war. Scott, are you with us? Yeah, I am. What's on your mind Hello. tonight? Hello. Uh, well, like you said, the Afghan war, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, my que- I have a question. Is, um, do we still have contract soldiers in Afghan like we did in Iraq? Does anybody know? We. Uh, well, first of all, I, I would um, echo Ian's sentiment about not wanting to be included in that we because I don't have any soldiers that are in the Middle East. Uh, I, I don't pay to support any soldiers in the Middle East either, so I can't be included in that we. Mm-hmm. And well, we, as, as as far as info, I mean, do you have any information on? Uh, the reason I'm saying that is because we never hear about how how many soldiers, you know, we'll say, but they never already tell you. They'll never tell you how many people are actually over there. You know, how many that's, are being paid by the government? That's a great question that I don't have the answer to, Brett. Do you? I'm I'm you? sure there are soldiers there, as far as a count. I don't know, but uh, Obama did escalate 
the conflict, or or at least uh, as far as boots on the ground in Afghanistan when he became president, and you know he used like little slogans like "That's the real fight." That's and the Pakistan as well. Yeah, and of course he's yeah. been waging a covert war in Pakistan using drones to bomb civilians and bombed um, Libya. Yeah, I mean they're. Have been escalating. We on- need to help those people, Stephanie. Don't you know that? We need oh. to help them. They want liberty. They want democracy. Who else is going to help them? I don't want that help if it comes at the <laughs> right. p- p- point of a bomb. Interesting yeah. fact, Scott, too, about Barack Obama. Do you know that he has killed more civilians with drones than any other Nobel Peace Prize winner ever? No, I didn't know that. Well, that's, there you go. well what I don't understand point. is what we're doing over in Af- Afghanistan. I just don't, I can't comprehend why we're spending that kind of money for one thing. Why are you spending any money on it? <laughs> you got, you know, we're talking, we've been talking all evening about self-government. So I don't know about Stephanie and Brett, but I don't pay uh, income taxes. And so I'm not spending a dime. I'm not supporting troops. So there is no we in terms of my life as far as, you know, supporting that. Why are you supporting the United States government acting as uh, tyrannical oppressors in the name of democracy in (laughs) Afghanistan or anywhere else. That must be that free speech you're talking about. (laughs) 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 Because I think you're pointing the finger at the wrong person. But anyway, uh, the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, at $2 billion a week of taxpayers' money going out right now for just that one conflict, seems to me unbelievable do you pay in federal income taxes oh yeah well then you are supporting the war in afghanistan iran the bombing of libya the bombing of pakistan as we mentioned earlier we are about self-government so rather than asking the proverbial we why we are doing anything mean the u.s government ask yourself why are you scott in minnesota supporting a federal government that is bombing sovereign nations you got to start well, with yourself, I, right? Well, that's why I'm calling. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Uh, yeah. So this is, just, this is an I'm, informational. Okay. I, I, I accept yeah, that. that. That's, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get your opinion. You know, my opinion is we shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one reason, I mean, it not, it's more than just cost. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, I, I it's a lot more than cost. It's, it's, I understand that. I understand that. But what yeah. I'm saying is, is that, uh, I mean, you've got uh, civilians over there. They can't tell us the difference between the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and the four or five different other groups they have over there and clans, uh, tribes. Uh, well, you know, my this is just... I just don't I'm sorry, it. I'm sorry what, Scott, what I called you there? the wrong name. Um, huh? I'm, I'm sorry, Scott, I called you the wrong name. But what I was going to say is that this kind of thing, the killing of civilians, the destruction of property, wanton destruction of property, and human lives, which are invaluable happens in every single war in history and it's really a shame and it's really time for humankind to evolve beyond that government waging wars all around the world and imperialism so thank you so much scott for the call we really do appreciate you bringing up this subject more when we return this is free talk live you can always call us 1-800-259-9231 free talk live we'll be back Hi, I'm Stefan Molyneux, host of Freedom Domain Radio, and I'm very excited to be speaking at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening this June 20th to the 26th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join me and a thousand other lovers of freedom for a week of fun and excitement. Not only will I be speaking, but I will also be getting roasted by some of the funniest people in the liberty movement. You won't want to miss this. 
Porkfest is a week full of campfires, hikes, dance parties, a carnival for kids, a delightful array of free market foods, and much, much more. But the best part of Porkfest is all of the new friends you'll meet. These are people who embrace the ideas of freedom, and I know you'll make some wonderful connections if you come. Visit porcfest.com to see the Porkfest blog, forum, and schedule of events. Then get your ticket. You can use coupon code STEFAN for another 20% off. It's happening June 20th through the 26th, so don't delay. Once again, that's porcfest.com. See you at Porkfest. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Brett. And Michelle. Yay. (laughs) And we are having a blast in the studio tonight discussing all kinds of interesting topics from a psychic who caused the cops to get a search warrant to search for non-existent bodies based on no evidence to the Second Amendment, which we discussed a lot. And where do people get rights, uh, so-called? And then in the last segment, we did actually have a call about the war in Afghanistan. And we got interrupted by the break, but... We had Scott on the line and he was saying, um, you know, he, he wanted some information about why we are in Afghanistan. Quote, unquote. Quote, quote <laughs> yeah. unquote, we. And I think Brett had something that he wanted to make sure he got in about that. Well, I think that one of the things that goes along with this this false logic that we deal with so much is the power of language as a tool of manipulation. Mm-hmm. We is a word that, you know, it's a pronoun for, a, you know, a group of people that you're a part of. That includes the speaker, yeah. So if you are like most people, like almost all people, where you do not use aggression or threats or any type of violence to achieve your goals or solve your problems, you should not be pooling yourself with the people who call themselves government. Um, Why is the U.S. government in Afghanistan? That's a totally different question. But I could see how it would be like confusing and frustrating to keep saying, why are we doing these things when you think about yourself and you would never do those things. That's, That's really well right. said. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I mean, the government, you're a guy who l- probably lives your life uh, peacefully and respectfully, uh, you know, and, and doesn't aggress against other people. Right. You would never think of killing a civilian, for instance, right. or dropping a bomb that may hit civilians or <laughs> a bunch or, of people you don't know who they are. Or going over and killing your neighbor because even even if you think your neighbor is, for example, abusing his child or you know whatever, mm. you're first you wouldn't go over there and and shoot him. So no. that's that's you. That's Scott. That's the individual. Mm-hmm. The government, on the other hand, is an organization that uses force and threats and propaganda and mythology to redistribute resources from one group of people that's usually disarmed and peaceful and yeah. uh, easily persuadable to a group to themselves or people that are connected to them. Uh, so that's not Scott. You know what I mean? Right. There's a he's big not divide. In, he's not in that we. Right. And I think that's a really important distinction to draw because once you start thinking of yourself as, okay, I'm not included in this. I'm going to drop these notions of nationalism. I'm an I've, autonomous mm, human being. A sovereign individual. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once you start, I guess, internalizing that message or thinking of yourself as a sovereign individual and as a a free person who is morally responsible for your actions Mm -hmm. and who makes choices about what to do and doesn't just go along with with the collective, then I think you gain a lot of psychological freedom and just a sense of individuality that 
the pronoun we kind of misses, I think. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. And you'll also be inclined to stop supporting with your, yeah. the, you know, the fruit of your labor, what the uh, government's doing, which I'm a strong proponent of that. <laughs> yep. I, I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I've been basically trying to decrease my mm-hmm. tax footprint as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And that includes both federal and New Hampshire governments, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything. But yeah, you know, I think, oh, what was I going to say? About we, <laughs> I mean, yeah, never mind. I'll remember my point later. But we do have Shadow on the line in Huntsville, Alabama, listening on WBHP. And he wants to talk about war criminals. So maybe this discussion will be relevant to what we were talking about before. Shadow, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Yeah. I, I, I'm, one thing I said is when I get uh, my computer out of layaway and all like that, I want to contact different uh, places, including Al Jazeera and all like that, and let them understand, too, that uh, we, the people here in this country, are not the ones that are backing these war criminals in D.C. up there, people like Obama and Bush and so on like that, and they, it, they should be punished and it not attack our people, innocent people like that, but go after the ones that are actually causing the problems over there and leave the innocent people alone. Just like 9-11, for instance, okay, well, instead of that attack going on and killing a whole bunch of innocent people, just minding their own business, not bothering anybody, if they wanted to attack anything, they should hit the White House. Actually, you I know. think the part um, of the reason their reasoning in doing that, though, was um, Madeleine Albright in an interview had said uh, a few years before that there was justification in the 300-plus thousand children that had died at the hand right. of the U.S. sanctions in, uh, back from 91. And um, Obama, or Osama, mm. Osama bin Laden, actually quoted her in his uh, redress of grievances with the United States government in that attack. So, you know, on one hand, um, and, you know, for me to say this, I'm going to be considered unpatriotic and a traitor. And why don't I, in, people are going to write to me and say, leave the country and everything. But if, if the United States had uh, sanctions, et cetera, put on it by China and, and 300,000 of our children in this country uh, died as a result of it. And then the United States then, or, or a group, um, went ahead and, and retaliated that's called, you know, uh, Ron Paul calls that blowback. Some people call that justice, et cetera. But it's not as though, you know, these, these Arabs, you know, decided that it was on account of uh, the, the American dream or our democracy or our freedom or how, you know, women women, wearing. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) exactly. That wasn't it at all. I mean, uh, that is the narrative that a lot of politicians would like people to believe, I think, that they hate us for our freedoms, quote unquote, which is ironic because we're losing our freedoms all the time, especially due to consequences of the so-called war on terror. (laughs) But this incident on 9-11 didn't happen in a bubble. The U.S. was meddling in the Middle East affairs for decades. And I'm sure Brett can give it, you know, a little bit more with that because he's so familiar with history. But I'm, I just think that we really have to look at this in the context of history and sort of take out that um, that that propaganda, that story that the U.S. politicians would love you to believe so that you'll just cheer for the U.S., um, you know, America F. Yeah, like that that movie that came out. Right. <laughs> they just want you to kind of go rah, rah. Nothing the U.S. does is wrong when, in fact, uh, you know, it's kind of a fraught history with with a bunch of conflict and a lot of meddling by the U.S. 
It's ironic too that that movie used uh, marionette puppets to demonstrate patriotism. But great um, point. I you know I have to side with Michelle here. Like I think that I I used to teach history and I was all about the big picture and looking at. Uh, you know, all of these huge institutions and huge programs and huge problems and saying, well, what can we do about the military industrial complex? But, you know, I think when people start to understand these ideas, the the real question is, what am I doing? Because it's incredibly frustrating and it's incredibly disempowering to start to, first of all, understand the ideas of liberty and then skip over all of the areas where you have some control. Right. And go to the furthest, you know, of all these spheres of influence, (laughs) like that starts with you and then your family and then your, uh, you know, your upbringing and your school and then, you know, your friends. And you're just getting further and further away uh, from having influence over the thing. When people first understand libertarianism, they jump to the furthest, most monolithic, powerful, distant uh, thing possible. And they say, what are we going to do about that? You know, instead of saying, what am I doing? And, you know, in my personal life. Right. And Michelle yeah. asked the, the question to the, to the last caller, uh, are you paying for this? And, you know, I don't think that people really bear responsibility for, for the violence of the government. But on an individual level, you have to stop supporting it. I feel bad for how misled and, and how uh, victimized people are by propaganda. But, mm-hmm. you know, it has to start on, on a personal level as far as I'm concerned. You can always withdraw your moral support. And I think that comes first before Mm. you even decide, you know, make this step of taking a risk to withdraw financial support for what the government is doing. You can always withdraw your your moral support. And, And Brett, as you very rightly said, people do have the most control over what they do in their personal lives and governing their own actions. And I think that's really where it starts if we want to change big things like the U.S. foreign policy, it, it starts on a personal level. Obviously. Right, right. Stop nagging the government to do something good. You're going to be disappointed. Absolutely. Shadow, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. We do appreciate your call. And this is Free Talk Live. We will be back. Last segment coming up. Your calls if you make them. 1-800-259-9231. We'll be back. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Welcome back to the show. This is Free Talk Live, and we are so glad to have you listening to us tonight as we kick off the final segment of the show. There's still time to get your calls in, if you make them. 1-800-259-9231 is the line to call to talk to us. And, of course, you can always bring up anything that's on your mind. We've had some very interesting discussion tonight, Mm. lady and gentlemen, about war. Uh, I think a very pressing and poignant issue, a very important thing to talk about as well as personal freedom as well. And that ties into um, that ties into war and I guess the ability to affect things on a large scale and kind of change starting within. And uh, we've also talked about the Porcupine Freedom Festival and we've talked about some recent news items that kind of gave us an in to talk about the nature of government 
and the system itself. So, yeah. yeah. And you were going to mention something about uh, mutual aid society or free aid or something. What was that that you were saying? Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Um, so we had Daryl call in and he was talking about Porkfest. And we started to mention Agora Valley, which Porkfest, for anyone who's just joining us, is the Porcupine Freedom Festival put on by the Free State Project. And Agora Valley is an area of this festival held at Rogers Campground where there's going to be free exchange of goods and services with, I don't think anyone there, any of the vendors uh, asking government permission in any way. And there are going to be people selling food and somehow the food in Yay, the last... George's baklava! <laughs> oh yes, we do love Mandrick at Mandrick, um, George's famous baklava, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Agoras baklava vendor. And there are going to be many other food vendors as well. And, you know, none of them subject to government regulations, none of them having to buy a $20,000 range hood just to comply <laughs> with these, <laughs> with the temperature regulations in the right. kitchens and stuff like that. None of them collecting sales tax, acting mm-hmm. as unpaid slaves for the state, mm-hmm. <laughs> collecting people's money, allowing them to butt into people's mm-hmm. transactions. Right. But it's not just going to be vendors there. It's There are going to be a lot of different organizations. And I did just want to mention an organization that I will be there volunteering with at Porkfest, and it's called Free Aid, and that is um, fr33aid.com. If you want to visit our website, find out what we're more about. Free Aid is actually a mutual aid organization, and it's an organization that is going to be providing volunteer first aid and emergency medical services. We've got some medically skilled volunteers, EMTs, MDs, other um, health, health, uh, medically skilled liberty lovers, I guess you could say. And we'll be at Porkfest providing those services. Now, can you go get a pap smear or, can, or, or do you, or is this in, in the event that you get hurt? This I mean, is in the event that someone gets hurt. Okay. Now. So, so all of you don't show up needing to have your, <laughs> yeah, this is an, a, a checkup. And emergency things. is the <laughs> yeah. keyword and first, first aid. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I'm really optimistic about the future of free aid. Yeah. I think the reason that we're doing it is basically to show that services that are much needed, like, Healthcare and emergency medical services can be provided not only by volunteers, but for instance, something like CPR can be provided by people who are just bystanders. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when someone goes into cardiac arrest, the most important factor is just that somebody was there and tried to perform CPR. They don't have to be professionally trained. They don't have to do it perfectly. But even if they try, it increases the person's chance of survival. And it's certainly so? better than nothing. Mm. Yeah. And, and in big mm. cities, when the response time for EMS and other services like that, first responders, which, mm-hmm. you know, they, they work really hard. They often do a good job, but sometimes they are provided by the state or at least mm-hmm. funded by the state. The response time can be you know, up to 10 minutes. And when someone's chance of survival goes down by 10% a minute when they go into cardiac arrest, every second literally counts. So it's really important to have people around who are willing to help out. Are there opportunities for people to donate or anything like that? Because obviously you're going to have, you know, band-aids and gauze bandages and things that you know, absolutely. And yeah, there are opportunities to donate at Porkfest will be, um, you know, we'll have a fundraising jar if people want to donate to free aid, which is um, working on nonprofit status as we speak. But um, if you go to free fr 33 aid.com, you can also find um, a donate button there if you like uh, this concept and want to support what we do. Um, but yeah, we are providing these, you know, volunteer first aid services at Porkfest and also stuff like 
um, insect repellent. And Michelle, you mentioned, you know, getting some pharmacy items from somebody at Porkfest last year. Yes. Um, who was not necessarily a, a person in the medical field, but mm-hmm. um, Free Aid will have a lot of those items. For instance, you know, insect repellent, sunscreen, bandages, that kind of thing, yep. acetaminophen, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, Great. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I think that the thing that excites me most is showing that these services can be provided on a voluntary basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Free Aid makes a pledge to um, people that may use our services that we will never steal from you to to fund these things. If you like us, you could, you're free to support us, but we will never right. force you to do so. And I think that's an important part of having a relationship with someone that, that you care about, right? Like someone you'd want to help out right. with first aid. Yeah, it's a caring, it's a caring thing. You don't want to hold a gun to their head and say, well, I'll give you a Band-Aid, but only if you... <laughs> but you know, I mean, churches and um, private organizations like the um, Shriners and, and then Kiwanis Club and different things like that used to provide mm-hmm. medical services to people yes. and most of it was done charitably. And I think I think my mom told me that when she had us at a hospital, she's I think it was at a Catholic hospital, mm-hmm. um, she was in the hospital for five days mm-hmm. and I think it cost $200. Wow. To have one of us. Yeah, I Mark, was in the hospital. It cost those. me $10,000 and the doctor didn't even show up. I had oh. Aziza by myself. The wow. doctor didn't even make it. And I was spent the night. Uh, got, I arrived um, 10 minutes before midnight on the 23rd of December and I left on Christmas day. So I was there for, you know, 36 hours or something. $10,000. That's That's unreasonable. I mean, I think most people would agree that that cost is kind of out of this world. (laughs) But of course, we've seen the disappearance, too, of charitable medicine and mutual aid societies and lodge doctors uh, with the growth of not only the welfare state, but, you know, Medicare and and Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And of course, as more of that has been transferred into the hands of the state, we've seen what we would expect to see, which is the costs increase faster than Anything else I can think of except something else that's largely been transferred over to state control, which is higher education. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, there's a good book actually called The Tragedy of American Compassion. And I think it deals with the uh, disappearance of the, you know, voluntary mm-hmm. charitable economy in the United States. Because, you know, people will watch other people die, you know, like we've talked about, because that's not their, oh, that's you know, somebody else does that. You know, yeah, like in situations where someone's screaming for help, the more people are, who are around, the less likely anyone is to respond mm. individually. Mm. Yeah. And so I agree, Brett. It's a great point to bring up that, you know, these are really important services. And I think that as the state has kind of usurped them and taken over, they not only do they get the credit, but they they do them poorly. And, and then people start to think, well, how would we get health care without the state? How would we get schools without the state? Right, right. <laughs> when these things were provided on a voluntary basis for so many years. And, it, you know, you could make the argument that uh, technology was not what it was at, you know, in the past when things were mostly provided on a uh, voluntary basis. But I, I don't think that holds water at all because yeah i mean the The state wants to feed you vaccinate you um employ you determine when you live when you die where you live where you work etc yeah so you know what is ron paul cradle to grave yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely and it seems like now in the 21st century where all of the stilts that are propping up this thing are starting to shake Mm. the state is saying all right quick everybody underneath you know (laughs) 
quick. You know? And and all we're saying is like this is coming down inevitably eventually and we're trying to put out good ideas that will be there because if if this all collapses and these ideas are not, you know, put out there and they're not accepted by people what's going to take its place is going to be worse Absolutely. You know? and if the government yeah. goes away tomorrow and it's not about having the right ideas in place it'll be up and running again almost immediately and it'll be believe it or not it'll be even well it shouldn't be hard to believe because there's certainly a lot of more mm. oppressive places in the world than the united states but oh, what sure. will follow will be worse so, but I love what Jason Sorens, you know, proposed when I think he was at Yale doing his dissertation when he came up with the, you know, pr- the proposal for the Free State Project. And that is that, you know, history has has repeated itself. And so there's been this wheel and the cycle of of, you know, apathy uh, and then enslavement and then, um, you know, you rebel and then you you know, break out and you're free, et cetera. So, there, you know, we keep we I say we c- civilization of, you know, the last 10,000 years or whatever, um, keep repeating this. And the idea that you can remove yourself mm-hmm. from that cycle. Right. And in this, you know, day and age of technology where you can work from home mm-hmm. and um, you can access information. You don't have to be wealthy to get information through the Internet and everything. It's uh, uh, the Free State Project is uh, I'm down with that, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think as compassionate people who care about fellow human beings, it's really important to show that essential services that people need can be provided voluntarily. So this has been Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for listening to our show tonight. I'm Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Michelle. Yep. Have a great night. Free Talk Live is back tomorrow.